Hello, 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 and welcome into another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast with your co-host, Kirk. Top of the morning to you. Good to see you here, Cam. You, are you doing an Irish accent today? Well, yeah, of course. Why is that? It's me heritage. Well, yeah, but it's been your heritage, Kirk. I don't understand. I'm, uh, like, just now, you just decided... Yeah, yeah, it's been me heritage for a while now, but I just decided that it might be a good time to place in here today because <laughs> we a lot of accent merging going on. It's like it's like partially Irish, partially yeah. Australian, maybe a, a, a just a splash, a touch of German. Right. Well, me mom and dad, you never know. You never know where they came from. You need to 23 and me it, Kirk. I don't know what's going on here. Um, we'll dive into that more. But welcome, Kirk. Welcome, everyone watching on the stream, listening on the podcast. We're so happy to have you. It's another week of popcorn for breakfast, more specifically, What's Poppin', which is our Monday live stream, our Tuesday podcast episode, where we break down the latest and the greatest, even if it's not that great. Of movie news, TV news, the, any the other latest, news. the lamest sometimes. Sometimes huh? the latest yeah. and the lamest. Sometimes it's all lame, but it's still considered the greatest, right? Because it's the if if it's the best of the worst, it's still the best of that bunch. Right, right. right. I, I've said it again. I'll say it. Uh, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Seth Rogen said we should be so thankful for even the worst of things that are mm. on the screen that are in moving pictures. Because remember when we didn't have movies? I mean, we right. don't. But can you imagine being those people? Ugh. Yeah. How disgusting. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's sad. It's sad to think about as I, you know, I, I don't know where we would be, Kirk. I don't know where we would be. And I'll tell you what, though. I'm getting a little frustrated with movies and TV because I keep getting oh. spoiled on stuff. I feel like we, yeah. as a community, need to come together and figure out what the moratorium is. Because, like, I'm not mad. I'm not mad at how I got spoiled. Like I knew that I would like, I'm talking about book of Boba Fett specifically the book of Boba Fett. I'm behind on it. And I'm, I mean, just, just spoiler grenades flying everywhere. I'm like taking it from like taking shrapnel from all ends. It's just terrible. Um, and, and and so, so here's my conundrum is like, I get it. Like I get why I'm getting spoiled. Like it happened. The big episode, uh, of the book of Boba Fett happened and I am behind and I was on social media, so I, I guess that's fair. But, like, to be clear, it hasn't even been a full week that it's out. So, like, right. at, at what point at what point is there a moratorium on this kind of stuff that needs to be upheld? Because I feel like Spider-Man No Way Home, everyone was pretty careful with that, yeah. just as a collective. They were like, listen, we're going to let this breathe for a few weeks before we start talking about it. But with this, with this week-to-week stuff, they're like... You know, you better get on be or there. get out. You're done. Right. I mean, so Book of Boba Fett drops on late Tuesday night, really Wednesday, but people will stay up. They they'll do. stay up and they'll and they'll watch for it. And then you wake up Wednesday morning and the people who have already seen it the night before will talk about it. I mean, the fact that we saw Jar Jar Binks take off his helmet <laughs> and be revealed as the real Din Djarin uh, was mind-blowing yeah me. absolutely mind-blowing i can't Shocking. believe you were spoiled on that that's so terrible but here's the thing even if you even if you don't get hit by the first wave people yeah if you haven't watched it by today wednesday night mon- monday if you haven't watched it by monday that all the news outlets are going to hit you 
Nerdist, Variety, Deadline, whoever, IGN, all of them. They're all just going to pepper you with spoilers. And I just feel like there's, I feel like that, that ain't right. I don't know. Yeah, we need, we really do need to come just like with a standard, right? Because it, it'd be impossible to say, okay, for Star Wars, it's this, for Marvel, it's this, for DC, it's this, for whatever. It's impossible. Uh, so for the crying game, it's this. For yeah. <laughs> Night Shyamalan, you have to find a way to say, hey, if you ever want to watch another new movie again, you cannot talk about it until one week afterwards for anyone who has not seen it. Yes, I agree. I think there, I, I mean, even a week, I feel like, I don't know. It's so hard because with live television, one of the great things that happens, like with whenever like The Walking Dead was big and like Game of Thrones, like when those things were happening live on television, it was great because it was like a sort of community thing. Um, and so you would know to sort of stay offline during that period of time, I felt like. But then if you if you did that, if you accomplished it, typically you you could avoid it. But now, like, with the way that Twitter organizes tweets and the way that Facebook organizes posts, like, the way that it's all just algorithmically driven and the fact that episodes just release and it's on-demand viewing, it feels like there's no way to avoid it, and I hate it. I hate it so right. much. And then you have other social media, right? So there's a clip on TikTok, this audio yeah, right. clip on TikTok of something from Ozark. And you have, if you haven't seen Ozark, you recognize the voice. And you're like, wait a second. I haven't seen that episode. What's going on? You know? So I have seen all of Ozark part one of the newest season. So if you haven't also get in there, cause you're yeah. going to get spoiled. You're going to get spoiled. It's tough times, man. It's tough. But Kirk, I want to, I want to get back to this half Irish, half Australian, half uh, oh yes, not half German because you can't have three halves. But what, what was that? What was up with that? Why are we doing this? <laughs> yes, you see, lovely, lovely. You asked that top of the morning to you. I love to talk like this, it's especially not because it's not the morning time of. It's the morning where I come <laughs> it's from. The morning in Ireland. You're right. Actually, you're right. Well played. <laughs> I would like to say <laughs> that we are reviewing a movie this week. This movie, done. You know, it's called Belfast. That's true. We are doing that this week. Um, we're doing that not on the stream. So if you guys have not seen it, don't worry. No more spoilers coming your way. We were just talking about spoilers. We're not going to spoil you on no. Belfast. Is that is that even possible? It is possible. Well, you know what? It, I mean, Belfast it's kind of has like been a, released much longer than a week. So I know, but it's kind of a spoiler proof. It's kind of a spoiler proof movie, in a way. Like I mean, I guess right. you, there, like there's no big like you know there's no big like moment. I don't know. There's a there's a big there's a pretty big big moment in there i don't know we'll get into it in our you review. know you know cam i love this the irish they just kind of like blur words together and yeah, so yeah, yeah. don't you know is denya 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 no uh-huh so they just kind of like throw it all together they like do. a like a stew because the irish are so poor they always have stew as <laughs> wow, well wow you just mass generalizations <laughs> all of the irish are poor just stew all they eat is stew and they speak stew as well that's right to Kirk. That's stew <laughs> potatoes and they don't finish words <laughs> it's just wow. it's just a blur it's an island everyone's really uh, we're, we're gonna move on i was gonna say are you allowed i like is this are you allowed to say this because you are irish i'm i want i want to tiptoe away from this i don't want to No. the funny anybody. thing about the irish is that anyone can dog on the irish because it's <laughs> not like a it's not like a, a delicate um, ethnicity or uh-huh. heritage that you have to be careful about. Like, if you want to make fun of an Irish person, just go for it just because go, you're yeah, not going to get in trouble. Yeah, <laughs> that may be true. That may be true, Kirk. But yeah, so later this week we'll be reviewing Belfast. Kirk and I are going to record it right after this, but we'll do it off the stream so you guys won't 
get spoiled. That episode will drop on Thursday this week. And right now we're getting into what's popping, which is our movie and TV news. So much to talk about. Um, the Oscar nominations drop tomorrow. They drop tomorrow, Kirk. And, and, and in a way, in a way, this is kind of the most exciting part of Oscar season, at least in my opinion. Like, sure, the awards are great. It's it's fun to figure out, like, who's going to win. But to me, and you'll, I mean, let me know if this isn't your experience, Kirk. But to me, like, the like figuring out who the nominees are is the most fun because you can have the conversation of, like, who got in, who didn't, who was snubbed, who, you know, who got in that was like, oh, man, I'm so glad this person or this movie got in. I mean, it's just all of the good conversation happens there. Right. It's absolutely true. It's 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 like Christmas. And you just you don't even need to have the award ceremony. You could just say, here's what we think. This These were the best. And good luck. I mean, it's obviously nice to see how they vote, but you get so disappointed sometimes at the actual award ceremony. I mean, this this is the craziness right here. Right here, Cam. There were 276 films released this year that are eligible for the Academy Awards. Mm-hmm. I've gone through and I've made notes on them and I'm just so excited for all tomorrow. of them. What? Not oh. everyone. I've not seen all of them. No, I've not. <laughs> like, I've not every one. There's gotta not, be some real stinkers in there too. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. I mean, heaps, at the very, heaps of the, them. the very first one it's alphabetical. The very first one is the Adams family part two. Like obviously, yeah. obviously a, a straight up uh, disaster. Um, so there's movies now. on here that I've never even heard of like mm-hmm. fix watch. That's probably going to be like a really great movie. Like a, like a, an underbelly <laughs> it's gonna win like um, best documentary feature. <laughs> <laughs> there is uh, a movie called Joe bell. That just like, that's it. Oh, like, I love that. Some one. guy's name. Yeah. Memoria. Let's find some other ones. Um, uh, Pompo, the cinephile. Now I, I am interested in that and how we missed seeing that movie. Yeah. And here's one more moment. Uh, senior senior moment is one of the names of these films. So, I've not heard of any of these, but there are 276 qualifiers. 276, and out of those, there will be 10 nominees. And now, hold on there. This is different this year, okay? 10 nominees, exactly 10, exactly 10. So they did this for a few years back um, for Best Picture. They When they first changed it from 5 to 10, they did 10 nominees. I think they did it for like a year or two before they switched it to, okay, it's actually... Minimum of five, maximum of ten, and then yep. for the so for the last decade we've had this whole and maybe even longer, we've had this whole situation of like, you know, eight movies get nominated, nine movies get nominated, and everybody's like, what? Yeah. Like, how how are we supposed to know how many are going to get nominated? Well, this year we know that at the end of the day, you know, tomorrow when they get released, there will be ten nominees. So what we're going to do in this episode, and we're going to save this till the end. We're going to bury the lead here. Kirk and I are going to give our picks and 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 i want to be clear about this kirk these are our predictions for what we think will get nominated for best picture these are not what we would have nominated what we want to be nominated um but these are our predictions and we can give the other list too because i have some on mine that i like i think are going to get nominated but I, i i wouldn't nominate them personally um so we'll we'll talk about that but before we can do any of that Let's get into what's popping, Kirk. Let's start it off with some movie and TV news. Let's go. All right. Now that we've popped it up, I want to talk about the first big story of the week wasn't so much a story as it was a, a trailer of sorts. And Netflix did this last year. This is their, this is their sizzle reel 
for the year of 2022. So last year, you may remember, 2021 was the first year that Netflix said, we are going to release a movie every week, all 52 weeks of 2021, it's happening. Netflix has renewed that commitment this year, and just like last year, they've released a five to six minute long sizzle reel, which if you're watching on the stream, you can see um, to our right at the moment. I'm confused. Yeah, it is on our right. If you're if you're looking at the screen, but in reality, it's like on our it, you know mirrors and whatnot. But Kirk, they showed a lot of big movies in this sizzle reel. A few of them, just to, just to name a few of them, The Gray Man, which is the Russo brothers' film that stars mm-hmm. Ryan Gosling and uh, Chris Evans, among others. Uh, there's the the day job, which is or the night shift. Sorry, I totally flipped that one up. Um, <laughs> which has uh, Jamie Fox in it. There is um, Enola Holmes two. There's yes. Knives Out two right at the end here, and there's a bunch of different names flashing at the bottom of the screen here. Um, the name of the game for Netflix is quantity, right, Kirk? I mean, quality. They they certainly sprinkle in quality, but. The name of the game for them is quantity, volume. They want to get as many movies out as possible. But Kirk, just like we did last year, I want to get your thoughts on this sizzle reel. What movies in here? I mean, we got a couple of first looks here, you know, at at some movies. Um, You know, You People, Hustle, which we just saw with Adam Sandler, Me Time with Mark Wahlberg and Kevin Hart. Which of these movies is really piquing your interest and which movies were you most excited to get a first look at in this sizzle reel? Yeah, you know, I didn't anticipate um, really any of this. I wasn't kind of like waiting for this. And so when it arrived, I was like, oh, fascinating. Um, obviously, The Gray Man has my attention. What you got, Ryan uh, Gosling, I'm there. I want to see it <laughs> all day long. Uh, give me Chris Hemsworth, hashtag Thor. I'm wanting to see Spiderhead. Um, really, right at the top of this, we also saw um, a trailer for uh, Falling for Christmas, which looks like Lindsay Lohan's comeback yep, it is. tour. Um, I doubt it will be good, but I do want to watch it. Uh, right now it's flashing. We've got the Adam Project that's been in the talks for a long time. Uh, another Ryan Reynolds uh, kind of just adventure, and that's in, that's in my book too. I've got some questions about Slumberland. Is this like a book series? I don't uh, know. Yeah. It, it looks I know incredible. the premise, but I don't know if it's adapted from anything. So maybe I can yeah. look that up real quick. But yeah, it it was, looks- that one piqued my interest as well it looks like this magical journey into like, like a dreamscape. And it looks like it's all for not uh, for kids, but it looks like obviously kids are like the ones quote unquote, literally driving the ship, but they, it, it just looks so magical. Like it's going to be something as big as hook and Jumanji was for nineties kids right there. So slumberland is, I've got my eye on you because that looks fun even for old men like me. Yeah, and it's based off of a comic book series. It's based off of a comic book series okay. called, um, sorry, it was like Nemo Vi- Nemo's Trip to Wonderland or something, Slumberland. Okay. So uh, it's based off a comic book series. Should be very interesting. It's not one that I'm familiar with. Um, yeah, I'm definitely interested in uh, that film. I'm interested in The Gray Man. I mean, The Gray Man is the one that I've been dying to see more of because it's the Russo brothers. It's Ryan Gosling. It's Chris Evans. Um, it's a spy movie. I mean, like yes. that that checks a lot of boxes just by itself. Um, but also, You People, which is the, the Kenya Barris movie, which I think will be really interesting because it stars Jonah Hill and Eddie Murphy. And I think that that 
comedic duo will just be electric. Um, very interesting to see where that goes. And that's, of course, Kenya Barris. He had, he, you know, blackish, mixed-ish, that the ish yes. universe that he created. Um, he signed that massive deal with Netflix and then, you know, walked away from it, left money on the table. But this is the one movie that they got done during his time there. So um, definitely interested to see it. Definitely interested to see what he has to bring to the table. Um, Ana de Armas also in in The Gray Man. Forgot about that one. So yep. lots of lots of exciting films there. Also, anytime Jamie Foxx. Like, I thought Power Project Power was, like, entertaining. Like, I, I, yes. I, I actually thought it was, like, a pretty decent original concept type movie with pretty decent acting, and, and it was well shot. I mean, we reviewed that one on the podcast. So there are a lot of these that I'm really excited about, and I don't know anything about Spiderhead, Kirk. I don't, I don't know. Um, Dude, that one has been in the talks for years. Uh, so okay. could, <laughs> there's a 50-50 shot right there when yeah. when something's been in production that long. Uh, but I don't know. I trust Chris Hemsworth with my life. So I'm, I'm going to go see it uh, in my living room. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> it's going to be great. It's gonna, I'm calling it right now. It's going to swing in a positive direction. Yeah. Um, and then, the, you know, the other two big ones for me specifically – Enola Holmes and Knives Out too. I mean, those yes. those are huge, oh. and we barely got a taste of either of those. I mean, like they gave us nothing on Knives Out too, except for it's Benoit Blanc and the whole cast of characters that we've been hearing about forever, uh, boarding a boat like a like a yacht of sorts. And they're in the background. Yeah, they're yeah. In the background is like oh, here they are. Just a glimpse. <laughs> Bye. Yeah, and you're like, you know, pausing, getting out your your magnifying glass, like trying to figure out what's going on. Who's alive still? Yes. <laughs> yeah, and then the the bit we get for Enola Holmes is just like, I mean, that could have been taken out of the first movie, you know? Like, there's yeah. nothing there to go off of. So, lots of interesting films. I, I feel like I'm potentially more excited for this sizzle reel than I was last year's. I have more confidence in Netflix to really churn out a good slate of movies since a lot of movies were able to get done like production COVID production delays and stuff like that sort of got figured out last year. So um, we'll see what happens. I was a little bit surprised not to see extraction two in the mix. There were a couple yeah. that I was surprised about, but maybe, I, I mean, I know extraction was in production earlier or late last year. I don't know if they are done. They, it might not be a 2022 release it might be a 2023 thing. So right. We'll see. But, New movies every week on Netflix. That's their promise to us as subscribers, and we will be watching. We will be watching Netflix. We <laughs> Always watching Netflix. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so if you want to check that out, uh, there's, you know, it's it's on YouTube. We'll, we'll post it on social as well. That way you guys can get a look at it, but pretty interesting stuff. Next up, Sony's Spider-Verse is making some moves. Sony's Spider-Verse is making some moves once again. And this time, it's with this Madam Web movie, Kirk. We, we had heard a little bit about this um, a while back whenever, you know, the sort of... I feel like it was sort of around the time that, like, Spider-Man was in flux with the Sony situation. We were hearing yeah. about Craven the Hunter. We were hearing about Venom 2. And one of the projects we heard about was Madam Web. And I was surprised um, when this casting news dropped, surprisingly, sort of out of the blue, uh, a lot of people had forgotten <laughs> that this was a thing that had been mentioned at, at some point. And everybody was like, what? Madam Web? What is this? This came out of nowhere. But no, no, no. It's been in talks but what was super surprising to people like us who were expecting this film was the casting decision. They cast Dakota Johnson 
in the titular role of Madam Web in this Madam <laughs> Web movie. And this is interesting for a couple of reasons, Kirk. The first reason is Madam Web is a is a tiny character in the comics. Not not really um of much significance. I mean, she plays a role in a few different storylines. She's involved with Spider-Man, Spider-Woman, <laughs> Craven mm-hmm. the Hunter, you know, a few different storylines throughout the Marvel comic book universe. But she's not what you would ever consider the type of character that could have a movie all her own. Um, but the other reason that this is surprising is that when most people think of Madam Web, they think of the version that we're seeing in the picture right here on the screen, who is old, very old. And Dakota Johnson is not. She's not old. So this right. is catching people by surprise. But here's the kicker, Kirk. In the comics, there are two, count them, two Madam Webs. The first one, the most famous one, Cassandra Webb, uh, is the old version of Madam Webb that we see in the comics. She's an older woman. But there is also another version of Madam Webb, who is much younger and was Spider Woman for a period of time. So could it be that that is the route they are going to go with Dakota Johnson? Um, we'll, we'll see what happens. I don't know, Kirk. What's your reaction to this? Um, you know, she's getting a lot of hate, a lot, a lot of hate on this because uh, there is a, a, a tinge of uh, Madam Webb is supposed to be blind. Um, even the the other version of her, the younger version, does become blind. Uh, so that's there's some controversy there. Yeah. Um, but I think that what is most puzzling is how Kevin Feige couldn't think ahead and think, you know, if Tilda Swinton could be Madam Web one day, <laughs> that would be the right choice. Because... But this is okay, but this isn't Feige though. This is uh, Pascal. Oh, Amy that's Pascal. why. That's, that's why. <laughs> well, that's exactly why. That's exactly why it's another misstep in Sony's long line of mistakes. Could so, be. I mean, honestly, I don't know enough about Madam Web. Honestly, it doesn't offend me. And I could see this being very fun. Um, I did not know about uh, Madam Web also being part Spider Girl. Like, that's fantastic. Spider Woman, that's fantastic. Um, yes, let's, let's take it all the way. Yeah, so, it, I mean... The one thing is like with with Sony. So keeping in mind that this is a this is a Sony, um, sp- what they they call like the Sony Spider Man universe or whatever. Uh, they tend to do these like weird offshoot movies. I mean, they've done Venom, not that weird. Venom's a big character in in the Marvel comics. Period. End of story. Even even though he is a villain, Morbius more of a stretch. Craven the Hunter more of a stretch. Not mm-hmm. because those guys aren't big villains or big characters, but because you know, Craven the Hunter is a villain and is, you know, for that reason makes it hard for him to carry a film on his own. It will be interesting. Madam Webb is even stranger than all of those. But yeah, there is a younger version. So there have been three spider womans that I am aware of. There's been uh, Jessica Drew, which is the one that most people are, are familiar with, Julia Carpenter, and then Charlotte Witter, who is actually the niece of Cassandra Webb, uh, the original Madam Web. So it gets really confusing. But Julia um, Julia Carpenter is the one who, as Madam Web is dying, the original Madam Web, she gets her powers. So Julia Carpenter becomes the new Madam Web, and she's the younger version. And that version has direct ties to Craven the Hunter in some storylines and direct ties to, obviously, Spider-Woman, um, which in this case, I guess, would have to be Jessica Drew. And... Um, 
you know, other characters, Spider-Man, etc. All of the Madam Webs tie back to Spider-Man. Now, I think the reason that they're doing this movie is that she could sort of be, you know, as as people were originally speculating when this movie first dropped, she could be the the Doctor Strange counterpart on the Sony side of the universe with her psychic abilities, her ability to access the astral plane and to separate people from their bodies. She may be able to be the second conduit for universe swapping needs as, Mm -hmm. as things go. So that could be happening. Um, But to your point, Kirk, I saw a lot of hate on the Dakota Johnson thing too. And again, I'm like, okay, we, so we haven't seen a movie in the last eight years. Like I get it. She has a big, I would say a big black mark on her resume, but I guess in this case, it's a big gray mark on her resume. Uh, If you catch my drift, Kirk. (laughs) You can call them three. (laughs) Or maybe 50 shades of gray marks on her resume. So much like Kristen Stewart in Twilight, Robert Pattinson in Twilight, et cetera, she gets remembered for that rather than, um, you know, the peanut butter Falcon, the lost daughter, you know, some of these movies she's done more recently. And I think that she's actually pretty talented as an actress these days and has the chops. But I think the bigger question, Mark Kirk, and you alluded to it is this is Sony, you know, the Venom movies have been okay. The Morbius movie does not look good in my opinion. Um, Can they do this? Can they do it? And can they do it? Well, I think there are big question marks, big, big question marks. Solely a Sony film. Do we know this? Yes. Or is it, all right, then we get, you know, Madam Web also, as I understand, has some pretty big ties to Fantastic Four. She's always popping in with them mm-hmm. as well. Is that correct? So I guess we won't. Fantastic Four ties to everybody. That's why they're going to be such a big piece. But I mean, like, yeah, um, she, you know, messes around with the X-Men from time to time. Yeah. Like there's always, you know, she's around. She's she's had a few ties. But yes, this will this should stay in the Sony verse, but you know, those lines are becoming increasingly blurry. So it'll be interesting think, to see where it goes. I think you're right. I think it has to be spider woman. I think she's going to inherit the powers, become spider woman for a period of time. And well, then we know that, um, we know that Olivia help me. Olivia Wilde yeah. is supposed to be directing a spider woman film. Right. Um, presumably that would be the Jessica drew spider woman. Maybe it could be Julia Carpenter. I don't really know, but I think for sure we should assume that these movies will tie together closely. Um, So we'll see, we'll see how it goes, but that's, uh, that's the the skinny on, on Madam web and what's kind of happening there. We'll keep you guys posted on that one. Next up, Obi-Wan Kenobi. There were some rumors in the midst of all of the book of (laughs) Kirk's got all the accents and sound effects. We don't even need this soundboard, Kirk. You can just do it all. You're 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 not a one trick pony by any means. You need an Irish accent. Just <laughs> I can give you a kind of Irish accent. <laughs> poke the screen. You want an overly loud lightsaber noise? I can definitely. I'm your guy. Yeah, Kirk's your guy. Uh, well, we appreciate it, Kirk. I mean, uh, me and and no one else. But here's what's next: Obi Wan Kenobi. That's what we were talking about. I have to remind myself. Wait, let me here. let me set you up again. <laughs> Thank you, Kirk. Uh, For those of you who had forgotten, there is a uh, series, an Obi-Wan Kenobi series coming to Disney+. And in the midst of all this Book of Boba Fett stuff that's been going on, it's been the talk of the town pretty much among Star Wars fans, uh, 
lots of people have been starting to ask the question, when are we going to get this Obi-Wan Kenobi show? We've been hearing that it would be this year, but when's it going to be? Well, there were some rumors floating around on the internet that a May release date, release window, was leaked. And the Hollywood Reporter said, oh, those may not be rumors. We They have at least one source who was able to corroborate that May, generally just May, is the... Uh, you know, sort of target release window for this show. Kirk, Kim, how you feeling? I just looked this up. Uh-huh. The first week of May. You know how they do Wednesday drops now yeah. for um, for all the shows? Wednesday is May, May the 4th. 4th. Kirk, you did it. You cracked the code. Yes, that's why they switched it last year. They're like, listen, listen. We got to drop Kenobi on May 4th. There is a fourth. (laughs) We're switching to Wednesdays. This has been the whole structure. We've cracked it. Why they switched from Fridays. That's it right there. Amazing. It could be. Um, Do you feel like that's a good, good timing? Do you feel like it's, I feel like I'm surprised that it's that early and we haven't seen anything. I mean, we've seen nothing. Yeah, I wonder if it's just because it ties into everything. I mean, if you've been if you've been watching uh, the Mandalorian, if you've been watching uh, the Book of Boba Fett, uh, everything is folding in together. Everything, um, yeah. And there's even it's even bigger than that. They're just connecting everything. If I talk too long, I'm going to spoil everyone. Yeah, so don't do it. this <laughs> this is perfect um, that there's nothing shown because I'm sure it's just going to be just absolutely mind blowing. Um, I mean, you've got you and McGregor, uh, who is just one of the greatest actors of our time. And I cannot wait to see him back in that robe. Look at him. He's so excited. Look and, at that picture. And people forget that this, this has a really interesting cast. I mean, including, you know, Hayden Christensen and presumably Ahsoka returns in this series, uh, to reunite, you know, maybe to fight her old master. Hate, uh, you know, Anakin Skywalker in live action. Right. Uh, we know that they're from the concept art. We know that there is a battle between Darth Vader and Obi-Wan, which like, Holy crap, that gave me goosebumps right. just talking about it. Um, so yeah, it could be Kirk could be that they're just totally playing their cards close to the vest, like trying not to let anything slip before this happens. Um, and it might be just like, that's four months away. Uh, so, I mean, that's, that's kind of hard to believe, but, yeah. We'll see. That's what the rumor is right now. And the Hollywood Reporter, you know, they have good sources. So if their sources are starting to corroborate it, we'll have to see what happens. Nothing official yet, though. So let's not get too excited. Nothing official. May the 4th be with you. I don't know, Kirk. I didn't even look at that. I didn't even look at it, but you're, I think you're right on the money. I think you're right there. All right. Next up. This is becoming more and more common, Kirk, but the Matrix Resurrections, as you may recall... This wasn't that long ago that we reviewed it. It released in theaters and on HBO Max at the same time. Well, according to Variety, Village Roadshow, one of the production companies behind The Matrix Resurrection, has some huge problems with that plan, with the release schedule to release it on HBO Max and in theaters because it did not do well in theaters. And they are, according again, according to Variety, they are suing HBO Max, Warner Bros., for that plan because they believe that it sabotaged the box office numbers. And I have to say, Kirk, when you look at how films have performed when they release on HBO Max, it's real bad. It's really bad. In the Heights, 
The Matrix, um, loads of others. I mean, Suicide Squad. Holy cow. The Suicide Squad should have been making money hand over fist. I mean, I know it was rated R, but like that movie was really good. Had James Gunn. It was super hyped, and it tanked in the box office. So yeah, what do you think comes of this? Yeah, it's kind of crazy to see people um, like that they didn't fight earlier than this. That's what what gets me the most. It's like, wait a second. Like we are, we obviously had Black Widow back in May. Okay, yeah. Matrix dropped in December, so like, why wasn't there an earlier fight? But maybe it was behind the scenes. Maybe it was ongoing, and they couldn't get it processed through. You know, or maybe they were surprised. Maybe they were blindsided because everyone shifted what they were going to do because of the Omicron strand. Which is nuts <laughs> on how much power that COVID still has over our yeah. lives, um, but I, I mean, I guess, I guess you got to go for it because if you're, if you're, if you take a loss because of a surprise decision that wasn't agreed upon, then sure, man, I guess I don't know, I don't know how much how much legroom they have based on other uh, precedented court cases. Um, I gotta say, they might lose based on. Maybe, That's, maybe. Dude, you took the words right out of my mouth. Like, <laughs> I'm not super familiar with the the legalities of it and exactly what you know what contracts were in place. You know, if there's a good suit for breach, but like, if you just see if it holds water based on the information that we have, it's it's kind of hard to see the argument because there have been tons of films that have done it. I'm guessing Warner Brothers legal team wouldn't have let them move forward with that plan if they were right. due to take major losses. I'm guessing that it fell into a gray area in the contract language, particularly particularly because Matrix Resurrections was in the works pre-COVID. You know, it was like I think it was originally supposed to release in 2020, so it had already been in production. There's no way those contracts could have accounted for this situation or scenario. There's just no way. Um, And when you, you know, to your point, Kirk, like a little late, (laughs) I mean, did, were they waiting to see if it did well? Because if so, I feel like that hurts your case too. Like, I feel like you had to be like, no, this is breach of contract. You are not releasing it on HBO max. We're not doing this, but instead they wait till after the fact until they could see how it did, which it did not do well. Um, and now they're fighting what looks to be an uphill battle. But again, all speculation on my part, but I agree, Kirk. Like I just, it doesn't seem like things like this could hold water. Yeah. I feel like if I'm the defense lawyer in this, I mean, I'm, I'm just bringing out all the numbers possible of comparative films, yep. uh, the old matrix films releasing in theaters. But then with the caveat of that, this is when they were in the theaters releasing three years apart versus <laughs> 20 years later, you yeah. know, like it's going to come down to, uh, proving numbers and popularity. Like it's going to be yeah, yeah. extremely subjective, but I don't have high hopes for them. Unfortunately, I'm sorry, village. Yeah. Show. I just, I can't, I can't imagine. I can't imagine that any pre COVID contract has language in place to, to defend against something like this. I just can't. And if it does, it has to be broad and sweeping and, and full of holes to, you know, exploit. And now also, if I'm a lawyer, I'm writing up at every contract that says in the event of a <laughs> in the event pandemic, of a global pandemic that shuts down everything. <laughs> Seriously. That's like that's clause one in the contract. <laughs> yeah, going forward. Like, so let's say that you know there's a apocalyptic disease that is trying to wipe out all of mankind. Yeah. Stuff you and didn't now have to think like, of. 
Yeah, I get it. Yeah, no problem. Sure. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. If you had said that in 2018 while you're writing a contract, they're like, come on. What are you talking <laughs> about? Pandemics? That's that's sci-fi movies. That's not real Sounds life. like Mr. Emmerich wrote this contract. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, man. Speaking of which, whoo, did you see that box office performance for Moonfall? Not yet. Tell me, Cam. Well, let's just say, Kirk. <laughs> dad, dad joke coming. <laughs> It cratered at the box office. <laughs> yes. I think it only did ten million, and I'm pretty sure the budget was well over a hundred million, like probably closer to one fifty. Meanwhile, Jackass Forever, uh, which had a production budget near ten million dollars, did twenty three this weekend. So they're already in the black. <laughs> um, hey man, tough Teach your times, Mister Emmerich. I'm Teach telling your you, words. tough tough times. It's it's going to be a rough uh, call, you know, post-mortem call after this movie leaves theaters. It's going to be, there are going to be crickets in, on that conference call. All right, next up, we got some quick hitters. Let's do some quick hitters, and then we'll get to our Oscars best pick predictions here. Let's talk Disney Plus, because there were a few Disney Plus stories that dropped over the last uh, week that I feel like are interesting to people. First up, this one is, is hot off the presses. And let me make sure I pronounce this right. Renovations is a new <laughs> docu-series that is in the works at Disney Plus starring, you guessed it, or you, maybe you didn't because that's a terrible name, Jeremy Renner. Jeremy Renner. It's, it's his docu-series in which um, he's reportedly going to live out his lifelong dreams of helping create vehicles for like specific you know, purpose-built vehicles. So... For different countries and different uses around the world. Yeah, sometimes people have too much time on their hands. <laughs> it's like what what? Because we've had a few different weird series on Disney Plus that's that have happened, and like I feel like the world according to Jeff Goldblum is the best case scenario for something like yeah. this. Like just he's hilarious and 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 goofy, and so him doing anything for forty five minutes an episode is incredible. Um, man, what kind of contracts must they have put in place for these guys who are doing these Disney plus shows to where they're like, you know, Jeremy Renner gets this deal. Who, I mean, who's respectfully, who's going to watch this Kirk? I mean, just the same four people that are going to watch the Will Smith uh, show on Disney plus where he walks around the earth. Like it's like such a throwaway, like you're wasting their talent where, where you could, um, I don't know. Throw them on that show where you find out their their ancient ancestors created corn. Like, yeah, I don't, yeah. You know, this this whole idea is just bonkers to me. Um, I'm gonna eat my words now. It's gonna be like the hottest Disney Plus show. People are gonna be spoiling it for us weekly. As <laughs> spoiling well. it, yeah. Oh man, did you see what happened on Renovations this week? <laughs> they built the sickest vehicle, and I love Jeremy Renner. Like, I I feel like as an as yeah. a, his as a performer, I'm I'm in love with his work. I think he does incredible things. I think, uh, and maybe I'm the only one who still remembers this, but I am in the camp that he is still a huge weirdo based on the app thing that happened, where he had his own app, and based on the weird music career that he had. The music career, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> the music career. I hope that he's normal because I love all of his work. But there are there are vibes, there are weird guy vibes going on there, and. And I, as a rule, I won't be able to support this show just because of that. <laughs> I just won't. I just won't. All right, next up. 
Goosebumps, a live action. This is according to Variety. A live action Goosebumps series is in the work at Disney Plus. Kirk, Goosebumps, back at it again. Did you watch the original TV show when it was on TV? I did. Hashtag Ryan Gosling comes back. Yeah, again. that's he was right. In the episode. Yeah, lots of lots of big uh, big hitters kind of snuck their way in there. Yeah, fantastic. I did not get to see the uh, the Goosebumps movies. There yeah, yeah. Um, but. Is Jack Black in those Jack as well? Jack Black was, uh, were there two? I think there was two. There was one Goosebumps movie with Jack Black that I've seen that was good. Yeah. It was good. I have not uh, seen it. Is there a second one? Unless I'm getting confused with the clock no, in the you, house and the walls. There, there is, that's what I was going to say. That, <laughs> the clock? No. The house with the clock in its walls? <laughs> the <laughs> wall with a clock in its house. That's what it's called. <laughs> Hickory dickory duck. <laughs> Um, okay, hold on. I got to figure out if there's a Goosebumps 2 movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, don't worry. Jack Black is here with us in the studio. We'll just ask him. Goosebumps 2 Haunted Halloween. Kirk, you're correct. You're correct. Right. It might have just think, been a Halloween special. I don't know. I think that he has to be in this show because otherwise, what's the point? What's the point? Yeah, and it, that could be cool because, I mean, again, like that was a pretty... That was pretty well liked that first movie. I have no, I, I didn't even know the second one existed. So who knows how that one did? But um, I liked the first one. I thought it was good. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. We'll see if it recaptures the magic of the old show. Next up, National Treasure. We we've been hearing about this National Treasure series. We've been hoping and praying that Nicolas Cage would somehow be evol- involved, and maybe he will still be. But according to Deadline. It's Catherine Zeta Jones who's going to be playing the main character. She will play. Um, a billionaire antiquities expert and, uh, you know, obviously a treasure hunter because it's national treasure. Um, but she will be the lead role. Kirk, your reaction to this. And first of all, were you a fan of the original national treasure movie and any of its subsequent sequels? I did go see the first national treasure uh-huh. in theaters. Uh, cause I'm an old man. And I think that I saw the second one in theaters I think there were six more and I did not see any of them. I don't think there were um, that many more. Yeah. Were there even more than two? The only acceptable now, Catherine Zeta Jones, she's fine. She's great. But the only acceptable move that I think Disney plus can do is at the end of the first episode, Catherine Zeta Jones rips off her face and it's actually Nicholas Cage. (laughs) That's all I want from this. Yes, that would be great. Um, there was no National Treasure 3. Wow. It was just the two. Yeah, just the two. And I saw the second one in theaters. I saw the first one at home. So, sorry, I had to quick check that. Huh. But, yes, that would be – that is the best possible ending. Because to me, and maybe I'm on an island here, I feel like all of the interest in National Treasure is just an interest in Nicolas Cage. I That's could right. be very wrong on that. No. Maybe that's just my interest, but, like – as soon as I heard National Treasure Series, I was like, oh, baby, Nick Cage, back at it again. We're going to steal the Declaration of Independence. Let's get after I mean, it. Imagine. <laughs> Just really picture oh, it for a moment. You have this Mission Impossible mask reveal, and you just this beautiful woman that everyone knows her, her face, Catherine Zeta-Jones, and then just turns into a beautiful <laughs> specimen. Nick of, Cage with the long hair. Kind of like God's experiment, Nick Cage, like a... <laughs> It's just somehow successful. <laughs> yes. Oh man, it would be so good. He, I mean, he has to appear. If he doesn't appear, 
Like, I will probably not watch the show until I hear that there's a Nick Cage appearance slash cameo, and then I'll watch the show just to see that. Like, no offense to Catherine Zeta-Jones, but, like, because I think she's great, too. Yeah. But National Treasure as a concept doesn't interest me that much unless it's Nicolas Cage because he was the original magic behind the whole thing. Right. Or you have the big switcheroo, you know, where you get movies with big stars and then you kill one of the big stars that you don't anticipate. Yes. You have Nicolas Cage accidentally kills Catherine Zeta-Jones and to defend her honor and her legacy and her family, he goes and steals whatever has to be stolen. Or flip it, Nick Cage has lost his mind after the second (laughs) National Treasure. He's still a treasure hunter, but he's completely insane. He does it for all the wrong reasons now. He's now the antagonist of the story. (laughs) Yes. As if I don't know what the wrong reasons for treasure hunting would be. I guess like <laughs> fame and fortune rather than just like the love of the game. But <laughs> the I am, love of the game of the treasure <laughs> of the treasure hunting game. <laughs> that's what I want. That's actually now that I've now that I've spoken oh, that man. into the universe. That's what I actually want because I think it would be great. And then it's beautiful. It's, then the whole plot is Catherine Zeta Jones has to recover the treasure, but also then once she does, she's like, I can't leave. Nick Cage like this. I have to I have to save him. I have to bring him back to the light. I either save him or he destroys us all. <laughs> yes. That's the tagline. Yes, that's the tagline <laughs> of the show. Oh man. Come on, Disney. Come through. Come through with it. Let's do it. Um, we just wrote the first two episodes. Yeah, we just did. We let's let's just do it. I, I, I could write the rest of the series right now. I'll just stay up the rest of the night. We could just power through. <laughs> <laughs> we just send it over there like Urgent, please, must open, please read. This is, scrap everything that you thought about this show. We're going to we're gonna go in this direction. It'll be way better. Yes. All right. Moving along, last, last quick hitter before we get into our Oscars predictions. The Lord of the Rings television show, The Rings of Power. The Rings of Power teaser trailer coming Super Bowl Sunday, Kirk. Wow. Super Bowl wow. Sunday, presumably... During the Super Bowl, I hope that it doesn't get leaked before the Super Bowl because I have no interest in watching the Super Bowl. I don't care about the Bengals and I hate the Rams. So um, it's really like worst case scenario for me. Um, I will probably will end up watching it for for the same reasons that everybody does because it's a cultural event. But this new trend of all the Super Bowl ads being on Twitter before they ever air really takes the wind out of your sails come Super Bowl Sunday. And I, and I pray yeah. that that is not the case here. I want to see it live on television. That's what I want. Right. You know, I'm going to attempt, I'm saying this live, actually live uh-huh. for our fans and listeners. I'm going to attempt to finish the next two Lord of the Rings films because I've never seen them. I've never yeah. seen them. The Tale of Two Cities and uh, Return of the Father. Those ones, I Return believe, of the, Jedi, the titles. Actually, yeah, uh, yes, yes. Those I'm going to try to watch in yeah. the next couple of nights before Sunday. Then maybe oh, before be Sunday. I thought you were just saying before September. Oh no, I meant before this trailer. Wow, wow! I want to be just as excited as you when this thing hits. How fresh are you on the first one? Yeah, I might need to watch that one back again. I think I probably do. And here's the thing. In in order to get as excited as I will be, you'll have to watch all of them a hundred (laughs) times between now and then. No pressure, but that's that's where I'm at. Okay. Um, That's the level. (laughs) You know, I I have faith in you, Kirk. I have faith that you could get there, but I don't know. Don't don't push it too hard. It's, it might be too much. 
I'm going to walk into our Super Bowl Sunday family gathering in full just hobbit garb. Yeah. <laughs> like ready to go. Dressed as a Gondorian uh, soldier. Uh, uh, That's right. Yeah. It'll be great. Um, I can't wait. Uh, I, I don't even know what I want from this trailer. I just, I'm glad that it exists. I'm just happy for it. Like there are so many trailers for movies where I'm like, I really want to see this or I really need them to show me this so I can have confidence in it for this. I'm like, just give me anything. Anything, right. any semblance of plot, any any character, I don't care. I just want to see, just want a taste of it because mm-hmm. it's really going to be magical. All right. That's all we got for What's Poppin', except for the Oscar nominations tomorrow. We, we oh. talked about it at the start of the show. The Oscar noms drop tomorrow morning. We'll be all over it. So mm-hmm. if you follow us on, sh- on social, refresh, refresh, refresh. We'll have it to you as soon as they're available. We'll be all over it. But Kirk, right at the beginning, we talked about 10 Best Picture noms. There will be 10 Best Picture nominees this year. Exactly 10, no more, no less for the first time in a long time. And to refresh people, and I I don't even know if this is common knowledge. I mean, I I only just recently sort of looked into all of this because I I get kind of nerdy like within the last couple of years about the Oscars. But the way that the system, the voting system works, and I think it's been this way for the last at least like decade or so, is that it's what's called a preferential voting system. So the Academy has umpteen thousand members, like 5,000 plus members, maybe maybe right. like maybe 8,000. I don't know what they're up to these days. Not all of them vote, but they, had, they said they had the best voter turnout in Oscars history wow. this year. So that's pretty impressive because this is the 94th annual Oscars. So that's really impressive. But the way that it works is each Oscar nominee gets to pick five films for best picture, rank them in order of what, what they think is most deserving to least out of those five. And the way that it works is that they look at which movies have the most first place votes. Those are the ones that get nominated. And if, um, you know, if for some reason one film gets like 20% of the vote, like it's wildly popular, it gets put into its own category and then they move the bar down to say like, okay, now you just have to get this many first place votes. And if one of your first place votes is one that's already in, you get, um, they look at your second place vote and if one of your first place votes is something that didn't make the cut, they look at your second place vote and so on and so forth. So it matters most if people vote you first place but um so it doesn't matter as much if you're two through five so that's that kind of goes into the methodology of how things get nominated and why we think certain things will get nominated if that makes sense it's very confusing it does you're voting for top five and then but remember you don't vote for the same top five obviously so you've got all these different movies coming in so they have to calculate and aggregate and and tally them right so it makes perfect sense okay so Let's get into it, Kirk. I want to talk about what we think the top 10 movies will be, the 10 movies that will be nominated for Best Picture. I want to give our lists. Remember, these are our predictions, what we think will get nominated. What, not what we think, not what we want to get nominated, but what we think will get nominated. Kirk, would you like to do the honors of giving us your 10 first? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Going off strong here, starting with Peter Rabbit, too. <laughs> Peter Rabbit? Did that even come out this year, Kirk? What are you talking about? I couldn't even get it out. I couldn't do it. <laughs> did, th- did that come out this year, or was it delayed? It did. It did come out, oh, Peter Rabbit, man. too. 
it is an eligible film for the Academy Awards. <laughs> oh my! Oh gosh, couldn't do it. That was couldn't a good one. It. Here's my top ten, and I'm going to tell you my next in as well after my ten. Oh, oh do you want to do? Do you want to do ten, ten, and then next in? Sure. Okay. Here we go. In no particular order, although it's mostly alphabetical. Here we go. <laughs> no, it's not. Here we go. Belfast, The Power of the Dog, Encanto, Licorice Ooh. Pizza, The Lost Daughter, The Tragedy of Macbeth, Nightmare Alley, Tick Tick Boom, West Side Story, and Being the Ricardos. Wow. One through ten. Those are some surprising picks. Those are some surprising picks in there, Kirk. I like a lot of them. Thank you. But Thank we'll you. get into it in just a second. Um, actually go ahead and do you have any blurbs on any of those that like, cause like Encanto is a surprising pick to me okay. in, in terms of like actually making the cut. I feel like tragedy of Macbeth potentially could be surprising. Mm-hmm. What, what are your thoughts on those? Yeah, I think because we have the locked in 10, I yeah. think without the mandatory 10, I don't think those make the cut, but uh, so specifically with Encanto, and if it gets nominated, it would be the fourth animated feature to be nominated for Best Picture. Uh-huh. Uh, Beauty and the Beast was first, followed by Up when they made the 10 movie change, and then Toy Story 3 squeaked in just just in time for to be number three. So it could be number four. I mean, it's literally like just like destroyed uh, like big numbers. I think it even destroyed, uh, did we talk about it, like a whole new world? Uh, like mm. as far as like Disney's all greatest songs. Yeah. Uh, so for, for, I know, I know the big story was that let it go, never made it to billboard number one on the hot 100. And, and this one did. Yeah. Um, and it, it's outstreamed. Let it go within a certain time period as well. So. Right. And if you watch my children's uh, YouTube <laughs> show, that's not streaming. It's just on their digital camera. I mean, out, out of this world, we don't talk about Bruno and yeah, yeah. Uh, surface pressure. Just nuts. Absolutely nuts. <laughs> yeah. I feel um, But yeah, I say that and I say Macbeth just because it's um, so stylistically different from all the other uh, movies I listed. Um, it's, you know, it's another black and white movie. Belfast is uh, black and white, but I think that because of that, it stands out from the rest and it's Shakespeare. So yeah, no, I like that pick. Did you have Dune on your list? I did not have you Dune not on my have list. Dune. All right. Well, let's let's get into it. I want to share my list real quick. My top 10. Here we go. The Power of the Dog, Belfast, Licorice Pizza, Dune, West Side Story, Coda, Don't Look Up, Tick Tick Boom, Spider-Man No Way Home, and Being the Ricardos. Those are my picks. That I think, Excellent. That I think will be nominated. Some surprise picks there. I think potentially Spider-Man No Way Home. Here's my thing, and it, it goes back to the ten, Kirk. It goes back to the top ten. Um, I think there will be people who put it at two on their list because, and I don't, you know, the the Academy votes in weird ways. But think about Black Panther. Black Panther got in. Because it was a great movie, but also because it had it had significant cultural significance um, for the time that it came out and what it represented and things like that. Spider-Man No Way Home does not have that kind of cultural significance, but it has a different kind of cultural significance, which is that it is a massive milestone film. And I feel like there will be those in the Academy who really feel like 
this would be a missed opportunity if we didn't nominate right. this movie. It it's was true. seen by it was seen by hundreds of millions of people. It did billions of dollars in the box office during a pandemic. It saved potentially saved the theater industry. Showed people that the theaters weren't gone. Um, it did this in the midst of a COVID spike, and people pretty much universally love it. I mean, it was really well received. So I feel like the business minded folk among the Academy will say we would be missing a huge opportunity if we didn't nominate this film. Right, right. You're right for business side and emotionally. Yeah. It was one of my next ins. It was one of my next ins because it was such a cinematic event. Um, and I say that with lots of weight to it. I'm not going to call, you know, Paw Patrol a cinematic event. Yeah. Um, this, this is a big deal. So yeah, it was, it was hard. It was hard not to put that on my list, but you're, you're probably right. You are probably right. We'll see. We'll see. Now, if I was picking my 10 or should we do our next in our next in? Let's do next in. Yeah, go ahead, Kirk. I've got Coda. I've got Spider-Man No Way Home. I do have Dune and King Richard. And then I also have House of Gucci, uh-huh. The Harder They Fall, and a movie called Nine Days, which I don't know that much about, but it's been getting lots of buzz on the cinephile networks that we kind of linger in and kind of like cross over like, Oh, does let me put my foot over there? Like, Oh, oh no, no, no. So <laughs> nine days is kind of a big, uh, a big buzz movie right now as well. Yeah. I feel like those are good picks. I have some similar ones in my next in, I would say tragedy of Macbeth for sure. Nightmare alley. Um, uh, the house of Gucci is another one that I had as well. Mm-hmm. And then um, potentially, potentially in Kanto. I just don't, I don't know where the Academy is going to go with that one, but I feel like those yeah. ones are, I feel like those ones are borderline. Um, and obviously if Spider-Man No Way Home doesn't get in, which most people I don't think are expecting it to, um, that would be big. If Dune for some reason didn't make it in, I feel like Dune's almost a lock, but if if Dune didn't make it in, that would be surprising. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how it goes. But here, if I was picking Kirk, I'll just throw this out. Okay. If I was picking my 10, it would be this. It would be The Power of the Dog, Belfast, West Side Story, Dune, Spider-Man No Way Home, Coda, The Tragedy of Macbeth, Tick, Tick, Boom, Licorice Pizza, and Pig. Those would be my picks. Because I feel like Pig just had the curse of being released way too early. It was like... It was obviously an indie film and it was released at a time where nobody was watching indie films because it just wasn't just wasn't the right window. It wasn't the award season window. And I feel like when I go back and I stack up all the 2021 films, that one still stands out to me. It's still up mm-hmm. there. Um, and I, I don't know, man. I, I liked I liked The Lost Daughter a lot. I would like to see that one do well. I liked um, a few other films. I, I just feel like that would be my 10 if I picked it. I definitely would not pick Don't Look Up, but I am 100% expecting Don't Look Up to get a nomination tomorrow, and I am 100% expecting to be super ticked off about it when it happens because <laughs> the, because because it's similar to Vice. Vice, not a good movie, but has a political leaning that the Academy wants to represent. They like what that movie stands for. Don't Look Up, same thing. The Academy likes what who Adam McKay is and what he stands for and what his recent films have stood for. Here's the problem. The Big Short stood for the same things and was great. Those other two are bad movies. They're just... Mm-hmm. It's dangerous to say objectively bad in film, but it's, it's really close to being like 
this is an objectively bad film. Don't look right. up specifically. I just really don't caliber, think it's good. Yeah, the caliber of storytelling in comparison is just night and day. I mean, he, he just missed the mark. Um, better, better than Vice. Don't look up. Better than Vice. Way better. Uh, yeah. Miles better. But still, the same pitfalls for a quarter of the movie, unfortunately. Bottom line, you make a satire that's not funny. <laughs> gotta be funny. <laughs> it's gotta be funny. It's, it's be a funny. satire. I don't, I don't get it. Um, but I expect it to be nominated, and I, I will be, I will be outraged if that happens. I will be outraged that one of the ten spots in a year where I feel like there's a ton of competitive parody, and it's anybody's game. I mean, mm-hmm. think about it. Like most people that I've seen do predictions predict the power of the dog to win the big award. Mm-hmm. Um, it's either that or Belfast. You know, it's, they sort of treat it as a two horse race. But in years past, where we had like these clear runaway type candidates this is not one of those years it just isn't it's not one of those years um i feel like it could be anybody so i will be really mad if one of those 10 spots goes to a movie that does not deserve it but my 10 favorite it's very simple for me i just gotta say it um we have to start again with peter rabbit too (laughs) uh followed by um Queen pins. That was a good one. That was just uh-huh. absolutely stunning. Um, it, it followed just, I mean, probably this one's above this one's above the last one, but you've got your Paw Patrol. It, there's uh-huh. nothing, there's nothing greater than that. Antlers antlers just throw in some variety of some horror because yep. that's just needed. Right. Sure. Right. American underdog, because the, when the Rams were actually the Rams and respectful. Okay. And I'm going to fi- finalize it. I don't even think of it 10, but I'm going to finish it off with <laughs> snake, like eyes. Six. snake eyes. Nice. <laughs> snake eyes, GI Joe origins. And yeah, uh, th- there's nothing else. There's no room with the brilliance of those six films to uh-huh. get to 10. So the Academy changes their mind at the last minute. Wow. Those are good picks, Kirk. Thank you. Thank you very much. I think you left some off, but I think that your list is pretty comprehensive and pretty good. So <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we'll leave you. Uh, what's popping? Oscar predictions. We got it all on this week's episode. Oscar noms drop tomorrow morning. If you're listening to this in podcast form, go to our social media because they're probably out and we're probably already fighting each other in the comment sections about the nominations. We'll see what happens. We can't wait, but thank you guys so much for listening. As always, we have to give a special thanks to our executive producer, Ryan Spriggs, who helps us produce this podcast as well as his band, rhetoric that created our original music you hear those guys right now you can catch them on spotify apple music anywhere else we will see you guys later this week for our review of nightmare alley talk to you then. not nightmare alley <laughs> belfast belfast <laughs> kirk do your irish we'll see you then sorry about that my <laughs> friends we're not watching nightmare alley we already did it please